Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is the Unplayable Podcast, proudly brought to you by MasterCard. And on today's episode, we preview the fourth Ashes Test at Old Trafford. Here to do that, we are lucky enough to be joined by Australia fast bowler Peter Siddle. G'day, Pete. Cheers for having me. And joining Pete is cricket.com.au senior writer Andrew Ramsey. G'day, Rambo. Thanks again, Sam. Thanks for coming back. Uh, As we do every episode, we'll start off with our MasterCard moment uh, of the past week and uh, that features the Derby Tour game. Pete, what's your MasterCard moment? Uh, My MasterCard moment from the week would have to be seeing Mitchell Stark's Yorkers back in in business, I think, uh, We've probably missed a few of those um, since the World Cup was the last time we got to see him. So um, to see him charging in, bowling fast and uh, nailing those Yorkers, clean bowling, knocking the stumps out of the ground, that uh, was quite impressive. Very nice. Rambo? Um, yeah, a couple of moments from Derby that stood out for me, but I think, and Pete might have been one of these, the support staff lending such a good hand with the, the off-field guys running out. One stage, David Warner's run out onto the field with a camera <laughs> for a drinks break. And he was so enthusiastic about getting out there with his camera that he didn't even take the drinks with him. I think Nathan Lyon <laughs> yeah. had to carry both trays. So I think that was outstanding teammanship. I think Ryan Pierce, the Getty photographer, who does fantastic work, uh, said he reviewed Warner's uh, shots and they were so out of focus they couldn't be used. <laughs> they couldn't have got <laughs> much closer. I, I was wondering yeah, how the shots turned out, but by the sounds of it, not great. He, he was snapping away, but I think he had no idea. No, and, and finally my MasterCard moment uh, was before the game, the touch footy game, which actually rolled a... Nathan Lyon's ankle, but in between that, uh, there was some pretty good football played. Uh, I think Smith and Kawaja, two of the standouts, Pat, you played in that match. The skins versus shirts. Yeah, skins versus shirts. I was on the skins. Uh, yeah, Nath was on our side. Uh, he, he did go down early. Well, down 3 0, and he went down um, early dorsal, or man down, and then from then on, I think we scored nine tries to none <laughs> with, without him. So I, I don't know if yeah, that, 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 that anything can be said about that, but. Um, yeah, well, my team was quite impressive. Who was best on field? There's a few to name, but yeah, Net Michael Nessa. He was pretty yep. good. Yeah, Queenslander played a bit of touch before. Um, Smitty, um, Uz, pretty handy. But I think from blokes that don't normally play the game, I think Matty Wade was mm. a big standout for someone that doesn't um, has never really played any rugby or touch. Um, I think he probably gets the three votes. Okay, and just on those. It wasn't quite skirts, shirts versus skins, was it? Because uh, the skins had the uh, the bras on. Yeah. Can you a lot of a lot of question marks about that? Can you explain what the those are? They're just for the GPS stuff, right? They are. Yeah, they are just for the GPS. I think. Yeah, we always get a bit of bant on the on the boundary line when uh, people think we're wearing a sports bra. Ah, oh, you got your bra on, mate. You got your sports <laughs> bra on. And um, yeah, it is just solely to hold the <laughs> hold the GPS GPS in place. But um, yeah, it's always a bit of fun. All right, let's get into this fourth test. The series is one all, Pete. Uh, you played in the first couple. Um, before we look at Manchester, we don't want to talk too much about Headingley, 
But uh, where were you when that final hour was going down, when Stokes, all the madness, the catches, the runouts, everything that was going on, where were you watching the game unfold? Yeah, I was obviously part of the 12th East for that um, that match. And, uh, yeah, we're down there supporting all the all the um, 12th East, the boys carrying drinks, we're all down on the boundary line, um, giving our support, running out drinks and trying to do as much as we could um, to help the boys in that final little bit. But... Um, yeah, it was hard to watch. Obviously, it's hard for the boys playing. It's hard for everyone involved. Um, so yeah, we obviously felt felt it on the sideline. When you know you can't you can't really influence anything. Yeah, um, it, it makes it hard to watch. So it was tough. Um, but yeah, like you said, we've all moved on. I think we had a nice little uh, week in Derby, and let's talk about Manchester and uh, forget about that and uh, and go forward. It is one all. Uh, Manchester Australia still just need the one win to retain the Ashes. Uh, what about Manchester? What do you what do you know about playing here? You played a Test match here in twenty thirteen. Would have played some county games here. What do you know about Old Trafford, the pitch, the conditions, things like that? It tends to be a bit of rain around, which yes, <laughs> which is forecast for this week as well. Um, so a lot of stop start uh, cricket. I think um, I don't reckon I've played any game here without it being stop start with weather, uh, bad light, freezing cold conditions. Um, I think it just makes you makes you feel like you are up north and. Um, and and, and the, you've got rid of the sun, so it's um hasn't been yeah the most memorable place to come play cricket. Mm. Um, but it is a beautiful ground. It is a beautiful um place place to actually play as a as a cricketer. Um, but yeah, as in the weather conditions, we've never really been uh, greeted with great weather up here. What have you made of the pitch? Uh yeah, it's, it looks pretty similar to what I've played on. It's always tends to be. A little bit in it early, but they probably do look on a, on the drier side. The wickets up here, um, Lancashire as a team, as the, as the county team that play out of here, uh, tend to yeah in the past have played a lot of spin. Um, that does turn late, so uh, both party both teams will be looking to obviously yeah make the most of that later on in the game. But um, yeah, I think the, the first two three days there there is always a bit of seam around. Um, fast bowlers have had a lot of success here also, so. Um, I think it's just a good cricket wicket. You know, the batters get in, they can score. Um, so I think, you know, like I said, if, if, if the weather can stay away and we get some good cricket um, played, that, uh, yeah, everyone, everyone will enjoy playing out in that wicket. It's a fast scoring ground too, isn't it? If teams get on a bit of a roll, they can rattle along at quite a, quite a rate, can't they? Yeah, we can. We noticed that this, uh, this morning in our first sort of run around out in the field. Um, yeah, just it's a, it's a firm ground, flat ground, and it feels, feels like the grass is really short, so... Um, it is another one similar to Headingley, uh, which is quite similar. That yeah, sort of nice outfields, um, real you know, real flat and and short grass that it, it, it can fly. So I think that's where it does. The key is yeah, coming down to building pressure and trying to keep that economy rate um, as low as possible, because yeah, you can have some nasty sessions here that uh, the score can tick away real quick and um, and really get away from you. How's the coach been after Headingley in Derby? What's his message from him and, I guess, Tim Payne, the captain, as well? I think from both of them, it was just about... Um, and, and I think it's a good philosophy to have, is there's, there's not much you can do about what went on um, at Headingley. Yes, there's a, probably a few tactical things that we can do and plans that we can, um, you know, use um, going forward to some of their players, especially Ben Stokes. Um, but, you know, we, we, we can't change what had happened. Um, so I think it was more just about moving on, um, working on our own games, what we need to do to get better... Um, 
batters got in the nets, got a good hit um, at Derby, and, and, and the bowlers that haven't been playing um, got, a, got a good little run out um, down there as well. So it's just about moving forward now, uh, making sure everyone's ready to go, which I think we are from the tour match, uh, the main session just earlier. Uh, so, yeah, the boys are in a good place. I think that's the best part of it all is after something um, like we like we had to experience in Headingley, um, the boys have really turned it around. We're in a good place and really just excited about, um, you know, what the next uh, two matches um, have, have in store for us. Still Broadspoke today as well, and he said man for man, he, he can't remember a series being so close. I mean, if you look at the first test, straight eight for 122, come back to win. Third test, England, 67 all out, come back to win, if only just. Uh, can you remember being involved in a, not only an Ashes series, but a test series so close? No, not at all. It, it resembles 2005 a lot. I think how this series is panning out, how close the, um, the games have, some of the games have been, I think uh, it's exciting. I think it's nerve-wracking as a player, but I think from a spectator's point of view, whether you're Australian or English, they're loving it. I think you talk to people back home, they're excited, you know, they're sitting on their, up on their couches at night, staying up late to watch these games unfold, and I think it's, it's the same here. You speak to the, the local um, people in the streets that um, they're loving it. I think, you know, obviously... Um, they they want England to win and it's and it's been tough but uh, th- that's exciting that's what you want as a player you want to be in tough con- tough uh, positions and tough conditions and I think uh, we've been we've had all, all ends of that um, throughout all three tests so hopefully yeah it's it's another close match um, but it can fall our way and and the boys can put in a good performance they certainly do get behind I remember being here in two thousand and five and they that last day in Old Trafford and Australia had to eventually fought out a draw but they had like 10,000 people outside the ground that couldn't get in, such was the interest. Uh, so they've got more stands. They've got a temporary stand there. Now it's a real cauldron, isn't it? That ground looks like it might have a bit of atmosphere if it's a full house. Yeah, it is. It does. Like, yeah, you rock up there today and obviously there's a couple of new buildings and the stands are up. And I think, uh, yeah, if we go back to heading a little bit, just the fans in that back, that back session when they were getting closer and it was getting closer to that win and that victory in the end for them... But, um, you know, the, the, the fans do get up and about. They get excited and, and they get on the back of them. So I think for us as players, it's about, yeah, us trying to control the momentum and, and what's going on out in the pitch. And I think if we're controlling that for most of the match, then we're staying on top of the fans. And I think, because, uh, you know, when they do get on a bit of a roll, the fans get behind them. And, uh, and like Rambo said, yeah, if... That uh, does look a bit uh, daunting, that big temporary stand mm. up there. It looks uh, quite big and holds a lot of people. So I think, yeah, fielding in front of that's going to be a bit of a nightmare. I'll tell you what, I don't know if you want to be either right in the middle of that stand or right at the back. <laughs> it's a long way up those stairs. Especially if there's some sun. There's not too much shade on the temporary. Yeah, so it's, exactly. um, it'll be interesting there. A few pints and, uh, and a bit of sun on a few lads up there. I think it's going to get quite... Uh, Quite tasty from the from the um, bleachers, but uh, well, we'll see how we go. It's a very red ground, isn't it, Lancashire? There might be some red faces up there by the end of that. There's not that much sun. I don't think we need to worry about that. No, I think we'll be right with the sun this week. How are you feeling with your own form? You played the first two test matches, missed out at Headingley, but heading into the fourth test, where do you reckon you're at? Yeah, no, feeling good. I think uh, that's a good thing about um, having played a lot of cricket over in, uh, in England that I know my game well enough over here, and I think it's just about being ready and... I don't think I can be any more ready than, than I am. We you know with the amount of cricket I've played this uh, summer um, here in England, obviously for Essex early doors and, and the, the practice game and in the first couple of tests. So I'm in a good place. And it's just about, yeah, just being ready to go when that opportunity comes up, whether it's this week or next, um, just making sure I'm ready. I think uh, the performances I put in um, 
yeah, we're, we're good. I was, I was happy with them. Obviously, a, a few things didn't quite go my way um, throughout. But, um, yeah, no, feeling good and uh, just looking forward to, yeah, hopefully getting another crack before the end of this series. A big fan of Nathan Lyon behind you. Oh, look at him. Hello, hello Nathan. How you going, mate? His ankle's all fine, so we, we, we've already covered that. And, uh, and, and, his, and his mood's up, so we're ready to go. Look at him. Apparently, you were the difference in the touch footy. You going, you going off was what turned the game. They came back and stormed home after you went off. Yeah, they didn't even know I left. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Lyon, everybody. Cameo appearance. He um, gave us nothing, though, did he? Um, yeah, a couple of personnel changes around the group, too. Stephen Wars come back into the squad. Uh, obviously, uh, had to go home for a function. He's been back around. What, what's he brought since he's been back? Yeah, the spiritual leader, he's back. Um, yeah, I think he just brings... He just brings a lot of class, doesn't he? I think um, he's, he's been good fun. I think a lot of boys probably haven't really got the chance to experience um, Tugger before the series. Um, so to actually have him around the change room, it's, uh, it's been good fun. Other than him whinging about his, uh, his 35-hour journey from home because he had a bit of a long stopover and a, and a, and a, and a flight that um, had to change route at, at one stage. So he's a bit flat at the minute, but I'm sure over the next coming days that um, he'll freshen up and, and be able to give the boys a good lift. As you told you, any of his great stories from Old Trafford, you know, two centuries in a test match, winning yeah, the Ashes yeah. era, 1989. Oh, don't, don't worry, we've heard them all. I think it, <laughs> it doesn't matter what ground you rock up to, there's, there's some, some old story. It'll be about the team to start with. He'll tell you the story about the team, and then he finishes off with, oh, enough, and I'm at 170. <laughs> <laughs> so so, a, so he, he gets to that, but he, but he starts it out as a team-orientated um, little, uh, little uh, sort of story, and then, yeah, just just swings it back around to, to let you know that he, that he cleaned them up or that he made a few uh, on, on, the, on that pitch. Have you ever gone back and checked the scorecards to make sure the memory's not failing him? We might have to start doing that, I think. I might have to do that team meetings, get, get uh, Dean Hills to go through the scorecards and just match up how he actually has gone on all, all the venues we've played at just to see if he is telling, uh, telling lies or not. Are there any players, and maybe it's Steve Waugh, that, that you still got still get a little bit nervous around, still get the hairs on the back of the neck? Uh, is Tugger one of them, or are there any other players around the world that still uh, leave you a little bit in awe? No, nah, Tugger was definitely one of them, I think, even being the most senior player in the group. Uh, I, I just remember all the times that we usually see him in Australia, he's always very corporate, so he's got the suit on, he's got the tie, and he comes in and everyone just sort of sits down like a little uh, little fanboy and just sort of, you know, does, doesn't really know what to say or ask. So I think that's how my first impression coming here is like, well, yeah, well, what's what's his role? Like, what's it going to be like? And um, but yeah, to, to have him around, I think you know we've we've got a little walk, morning walkers club that go and get get a morning uh, walk and coffee to start the day, and he's been on it every day um, when he's been here, and, and he is just like anyone else, which I knew he would be, but yeah. it's, you just don't you just don't you just don't know him like that. Uh, so to actually yeah, yeah to have the, you know just just talk like you're in the change rooms i think that's what he's been great value for is just a great team man um good banter good stories about some of the old guys and i think not just himself but obviously growing up you have your idols and everyone's got different idols so the boys to be able to hear old war stories about some of their idols and and, and you know what went on on tours and how they how they prepared and um and got ready you know to to, to play the game that we're trying to play now i think um it just gives us great insight how to some of the some of the greats before us, you know, prepared and and, and went about their game. I know you're a bowler, but yeah, he's an all rounder, I guess he would tell you. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, he <laughs> told me that. He said he just missed out on his hundred test wickets, so yep. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we know that. He said, yeah, his back just gave way, and I said, did you try? Did you try and push a bit harder to get there? And he's like, yeah, I did. 
Um, probably bowled myself a few times when I shouldn't have um, because my back was gone. But I thought if I could sneak, sneak a wicket or two and get a little bit closer, I'd, I'd, I'd be good to go. But um, well, has, he yeah. you, has he passed on any advice? No. Nah, Specifically to you? No, he hasn't given me much. He, he, he loves to talk about his batting, doesn't he? So um, it's, it's usually about his batting and, uh, and, and, and what, what hundred he made. Right. Speaking of the batting, uh, how do you reckon the, the, we don't know the team? Uh, Tim Payne says might get it tomorrow, maybe the toss. Um, what do you think about what gives you confidence that the, the, the top order with Steve Smith coming back in, we know that part, uh, can get enough runs on the board because both sides, both batting orders have really struggled this series. Yeah, I think it's been hard. I think, you know, the credit has to go to both bowling sides about the pressure that they've been able to build. I think, you know, there's a lot spoken of um, by a lot of, the, lot of the bowlers coming into the series that, you know, it was about building pressure, having good partnerships at both ends. Pretty, like, yes, cliches, but it, it works well in England. And I think both teams have done it really well. Uh, so it has been hard work for the batters. The wickets, especially early on, um, the first couple of days of all the test matches have been hard um, a hard graph so um, yeah but I think the confidence in the boys is it was nice this week you know a, a few lads got a good hit um, against Derby and sometimes it's not about the opposition you're playing or the quality it's it's just about spending time out in the middle um, you talk to the batters and they, they just love spending a bit of time out the middle you know the you're fatiguing your legs the concentration having to spend a bit more time out there rather than in the nets um, so yeah there's obviously a lot, a lot of boys got good value out of that Uh and and the boys that need to freshen up got their got their chance. I think Davy and Hetty, you know, blokes that have spent a lot of time over in England this year, um, got a chance to freshen up. But yeah, they're in a good place. It's it is always handy when you got someone like Steve Smith coming back into the side. Um, you, you, the selectors obviously got headaches with you know how they're going to set up their, their the lineup. But um, you know, Smudge coming back in, you got Marnus who you know stepped in in the absence of Steve um, from Lords and has done a tremendous job. So. I think uh, you know that's it's bonus to see him up and about, um, and you know he, he he's close to you know maybe getting that maiden test century. So um, I think we're in a good place, and the boys are confident. So it's it's going to make for a very exciting week. And on the other side of the coin, England have uh, made a change not to their personnel, but to the batting order. So they've come to Joe Denley confirmed that he's going to be opening, and Jason Roy goes to four. Is that a bit of a a win for the bowling group to you know, force an opener down the order because clearly he was struggling against the new ball. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you always, sometimes you want to try and get the players out and, and not, not in a bad way, but you see them dropped, you know, that, that, that's always the goal, isn't it? Try and just destroy their confidence a little bit. And um, yeah, so it, it is a good opportunity to obviously, you know, a bit of a reshuffle and gives us a chance to have a go at, um, at both of them in different batting positions. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, we've got, we've got to work hard because we know Roy has struggled at the top, but we know what how dangerous he can be. Um, in any side so I know he hasn't had that success in the red ball um, but you know we, we, we've got to be prepared now once once he comes in in that middle order we'll make sure we bowl well the ball mightn't be doing as much as it has been at the top of the order so we'll have to make sure our plans are ready to go and uh, we can get on top of him from the word go No Jimmy Anderson for England he's really out for the rest of the series how big a blow is that for them and just on Jimmy I mean you've played a lot of Ashes cricket against him now can you sort of remember the first time you would have come up against him and what's he kind of like away from cricket uh, he's he's obviously a um, a tough competitor on the field. That's uh, that's to be said. I think everyone can see that when uh, you watch a Test match that he's playing in. He's always had a a fiery um, aggression aggression out in the field as a bowler, um, especially in Ashes series. It's always been tough contests, and I think for us, it's a, it's a huge 
a huge you know, step in the right direction for us going forward because you know his experience his success that he's had in England um, at international cricket um, I think you know not to have him in the lineup it, it, it does give us a good chance you know get on top of their bowlers they've played a lot of um, cricket now in this series I know we're coming off a bit of a break but their bowlers are going to be feeling it so I think you know they got to have got a solid bowling unit ready to go but uh, you know we just got to keep them out in the field make them bowl more overs um, obviously uh, Joffre's going to stay in there now um, and be a part of this, this side but he's bowled a lot of overs so it's just a, as a batting group it's going to be a, a goal for us to try and keep them out in the field and uh, keep them bowling those overs to tire them out because yeah obviously losing a class player like Jimmy uh, does put a lot of pressure on especially someone like Stuart Broad 37 now uh, he might have played his last Ashes test sadly uh, the next one what's in Australia in a couple of years be pushing 39 then that uh, historically would suggest uh, not many fast bowlers get to do you reckon we might not see a whole lot more of Jimmy Anderson going around uh, I think you, you could be you're probably right with an Ashes series I don't think um, yeah it's probably like you said it's going to be hard for him to play another Ashes series but I think I think yeah, he won't want to go out out like and finish up now after you know how it's finished up. He'll want to finish on a good note, and I think um, you know he's shown to be able to play this long. That when he is fit and up and about, that he still bowls and he's still got good um, success at international level. So I think um, we'll see him again. Uh, maybe not playing against Australia, but I think um, yeah, there'd be there'd be no chance that. Um, yeah, that he won't play another game. I say I'll be, I'll be backing him in that he's going to play um, and try and finish on a good note um, at uh, at the international level. You've come back from some injuries and in the recent past too. Like, can you still see yourself trundling in at thirty-seven, thirty-eight? You know, bowling at full pace. Do you think is that possible? Oh, I think it's possible. I don't know. I don't know how the the pace will be going at that age. <laughs> but, uh, I've, I've played a hell of a lot of cricket, especially over the last couple of years. You know, just pushing to you know try and get back in the Australian side, and that's sometimes. You know, you, you you put in so much effort um, at, at the first class level um, that it does tire you out a lot quicker than it probably did um, when you're a little bit younger and you could cruise through and maybe you know not go as hard in some games and still have the success. I think as you get older, you've um, you definitely have to keep putting in that hundred percent um, a little bit more than you probably did when you're a little bit younger. So we'll see how we go. Um, I, I, I don't think I'll be lasting the thirty-seven. That's uh, that's for sure. But um, like I said, I'm feeling good at the moment and. And just love him playing and love him being around the boys. Broad made a pretty good point today that he said uh, in the past, English and Australian cricketers would look at an Ashes cycle. So they go, right, they'll try and get to the next Ashes and the next Ashes, whether it be home or away. But now with the World Test Championship in, they've sort of sort of shortened their thinking. They're going, we'll get to the next World Test Championship. And I think he alluded to that's his goal now. He probably won't get to Australia. But if he can get to 2021... Is that, is, do you think that's where the thinking might start going for players who are in the back end of their careers, not looking ahead of, of series, but in terms of this, this two-year test championship? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I haven't actually thought too much about it myself, but I think, um, I think now that people probably start to understand a little bit more, yeah, you could look like that, definitely. I think, you know, you sort of get into the... It's like getting into a, a football season, isn't it? Yeah, that you know, it's the, that, it's that's the grand that's, final. Yeah, isn't it? that's your block, and that's the grand final. So, rather than looking at it like, yeah, oh yeah, I want to be around, try and work hard to be around for the next Ashes or stuff like that, the players might. I think once we get used to it, I it's only very new, and like I said, I hadn't really even thought too much about it. But it, it makes sense now to yeah try and see out. You start the process to so try and see it out to the end, um, and. Um, yeah, I guess if, if if you can stay fit and stay in the park, and 
obviously got to stay on the side, but uh, it, it is an, another little goal um, for Test cricket that um, that you can chase and, and, and be a part of. Has it been a talking point in the room, the Test Championship stuff? Look at the, the points table and stuff. Like India gets 60 points for winning uh, a Test match in the Caribbean, or you get you guys get 24, 24 if yeah. you win a Test yeah. here. Is it... Is, People actually keep an eye on it yet, or will they take a while to catch on? Yeah, I think it's going to catch, take a while to catch on. I guess in those smaller series, because they're quick and fast, you're in and out, and it's done. That there's, it's probably more talked about because the series is done. But for an Ashes series, you sort of just you're just so you know fixed on winning the Ashes, winning the urn, and that yeah, well, we actually haven't spoken about it. Funnily enough, but. I think yeah. Once we get home to the home summer and after this series, we'll you know you work out where you're at and how you've gone points wise, and then you'll probably start thinking more about it throughout the summer where it's going to count a lot more, isn't it? We play two different nations, smaller series, um, so points are going to mean mean a, a lot more then. So um, at the moment, we're just totally fixed on trying to win this Ashes series, and uh, you know, and if and if we do win it, we've we've done well and we've got we've got the points. So at the back end of the the series it'll look good um but yeah for us it's solely just the winning that earn and we'll be happy you're a big basketball and afl fan i mean to play in a grand final of test cricket would be something unique wouldn't it it would be yeah it's um it's, yeah, well, it's a couple of years away so it's, there's, it's, there's it, your next yeah target. i know there, there, there's something for me to the target and and uh and have a go at but uh yeah it is i think that's that's probably the exciting thing about it. once people get a good understanding of it it is going to um it's going to make it very interesting to see you know, guys, and, and actually having a chance to, like you said, yeah, that's the grand final. You get the playoff in it and um, be crowned the test champions for that, that, sort, of, that sort of window. So um, it, it, it does make a, add a little bit more excitement to, to test cricket. I'm always interested to see what the, the, the trophy is for these things. You know, you get the test mace every year. Um, I don't know what the one-day... What's the one-day equivalent? It's a shield, isn't it? There's a mace and a one-day shield. I wonder what the World Test Championship uh, trophy will be. Have to go something a bit unique. It'd have to be they? big, won't it? It'd have to be. Does that so, mean that they keep get rid of the mace? Does that go into like the Tower of London or something? Do they keep it there in the, the with the crown jewels? Maybe, it, maybe it transfers over. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's where you play for. Lords will probably get to keep it, like everything else. So. Yeah, it'll never leave there. No, that's right. We'll never get to see it anyway. But even if you win it, you can go and visit it. <laughs> yeah, maybe they go the other way and make it even smaller than the Ashes End. Make Ooh. a tiny little. What? Know. So you lose it? Well, <laughs> it doesn't leave Lords as we know. But if you. Uh, if they want to try and outdo the Ashes, maybe they make it even smaller. Smaller. Why don't they go the American football route and get you the ring? Every player gets a ring, ring. Yeah, like a Super Bowl you ring. You'd like, yeah, you'd like the championship ring. ring. Yeah, I'll, like I'll, be, I'll be up for that. Because you've got the uh, Champions Trophy blazer, don't That's you? That's right. We've got, the, we've got the white blazer at home. So, maybe, yeah, the ring wouldn't be too bad. Could do the ring? Yeah. Or, they, the, or they just put every test, cha- every test um, trophy that you play for, so the Ashes and your... You play for the Frank Worrell, so they put all the different teams' trophies all in one, <laughs> one big, wow. one big huge it's like statue. Gold Cup, yeah. Thing. You get, you get, yeah, massive big statue. There we go. Start designing that. Solved another problem here on the Unplayable <laughs> Podcast. As we wrap up the preview of the fourth test, is the goal now just to get that win to retain the Ashes? You're not looking too far ahead to winning the series. Is the next one just get the win, retain the Ashes, and then see what happens in the fifth test? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's always the goal, isn't it? Not so, not so much. The end goal is always to win, but it's just about winning each test match. You want to win every match you play, um, so that's the goal this week. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, yes, it, it will, will mean we retain it, and and it's and it's all good. But uh, you know, you, you want to actually win the series. I think that's that's the big goal. So to do that, we've got to win this week, um, and then yeah, and then we can move on to the oval and and pan out how do we go about it then. But um, yeah. 
like I said, the boys are up and about. We're in a good place. Um, and it's, it's, it's exciting now. There's a lot of pressure on these next two games, but the pressure brings excitement, and I think it'll bring the best out in in, in, in all of us this um, the next coming weeks, and uh, it's going to be some exciting cricket to watch, that's for sure, so tune in. We are going to finish off this episode with a Peter Siddle Ashes quiz. Cool. Now, Pete, uh, you should know all these answers considering you've played in all these matches. Yeah, I know. I, I should. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big. That, that's the million dollar question. I should. That's right. So we're going to quiz both. We're going to quiz you and Rambo. Oh, really? You're oh. in. A, in a, so I'll ask a question to both of you. Obviously, you're the you're the favourite, the front runner for this. <laughs> but uh, maybe Rambo might be able to. Uh, like uh, the Stephen War rule here, if you, if you get near enough and you think you've done well enough, and you say, "Oh, yeah, that's right, that was me." Yeah, yeah, pressure on Rambo yeah. though, because it's, it's his job to know this stuff, isn't it? So. If he gets them wrong as well, okay. there's a bit of pressure. With, you know, we, there could he be. might be worried here. I'm just going to keep mimicking your answers because you were there. <laughs> I, think we've got, I think we've got 10 or so questions here. Uh, let's start off. Easy one. Yep. Your first Ashes wicket. Oh, how's that easy? <laughs> what do you mean? It's going to be memorable, doesn't it? First one. Nah. I know it's a Cardiff. It was in 09. This does not bode well. This, this is doesn't the bode well. <laughs> I'm just going to go off a guess. I'm going to go Alistair Cook. Alistair Cook. Rambo, what do you reckon? Um, I had a feeling it was Freddie Flintoff. It's 1-0 Rambo. Andrew Flintoff. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. Okay, Andrew Flintoff. Bold. You got two in that first innings. Did I? Uh, Flintoff, I think, prior was the other one. Both bold. Yeah, I usually got prior, so. There we go. All right. <laughs> That's fair call. We know your first one. Overall, how many Ashes wickets did you take or have you taken? Jeez. I'm going to say... 80? Rambo? Oh, it's got to be around the mark then, so I don't know. I'll go 78 somewhere. 2-0, 78. <laughs> <laughs> is that included in this series? Yes, of course it is. Of course it is. Okay, same at Rambo. 78, 23 <laughs> tests. There you go. Okay. Well, they both pretty close though, weren't they? Like, you know, there was no great disparity there. So we round the money. No, you're close. You're close. Close uh, enough. Uh, two Half nil. a point? Score update, 2 nil. Uh, <laughs> how many of the 78s have been right-handers? Oh, you kidding me, aren't you? Well, Matt Pryor and um, Kevin Peterson. So, so there's a few. There's you can uh, round about on this one. I'm going to say f- 50. On the dot? Yep. Rams? Oh, I'm just going on stats here and like you know, there's two right-handers to every left-hander. So mm. if it was 78 wickets, divide that by three, that's what, 26. Yep. So I'd say 26 left-handers and 52 right-handers. 50 was pretty close, Peter, but the answer is 52. Rambo, you're on you know fire here. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, I was, I was actually going to say 52 as well. well I'm like, that's just no, maths. That's just maths. Show me your, your phone that you're looking at there. You just you, know, you haven't got any answers down the bottom there. What's, what's on the bottom there? <laughs> <laughs> We've been sprung here. Okay, Rambo, you're out for the, the rest of it. Well, I've been DRS. That's 50's not bad. Eh? That was a good guess. You're around it, Mark. Okay. I thought it was going to be a bit easier than this. No. <laughs> we warned you before. No, it's all right. I okay. found it quite okay. easy. Okay, you've, you're on fire anyway. Okay, uh, how many dismissals of the 78 have been bowled? Oh, my God. I'm going 17. Oh, Rambo, you know the answer. 15 is the oh, answer. Okay. 
Well, I'm good. pretty good. This is not bad. Okay. Uh, most dismissed batsman. Out of those? Out of the 78, who's yep. the batter you've dismissed the most? Matt Pryor. Correct. And do you know how many times? 11. 11, spot on. Yep. Wow. Jeez, you're playing well now. The pressure's off. Can I have my phone know? back now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Peterson, uh, 10. It's 10. Very yeah. close. That's yeah. what everyone goes about KP being my bunny, which he was. But, um, but Pryor was but even Pryor. more so. Was he middle of the hat trick? He was the middle of the hat trick. Yep. Yeah, he's middle stump. Middle stump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, off the bowling, batting. What's your highest score in Ashes contests? 42. 44. It only happened a couple of weeks ago. It was at Edgerton. That was your highest Ashes score. Oh, was that my highest? Yep. I didn't even say it. I said 42 <laughs> and I made 44 <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> and they say, that, and they say that bowlers count every run they make. Uh, yeah. Nah, nah. All I was thinking about in that innings though, I know we're doing a quiz here, but all I was worried about, I did not care what I made, all I wanted to do was get Smitty to 100. Mm. So that, that's why I was more disappointed. I've never been so disappointed getting out, batting, just because I didn't get into his 100. I was shattered. I think you hold, hold I didn't a, care what I wanted. You hold a record, don't you? Like one of the few players to score 50s in each innings at number eight and be the top scorer of the match. Top scorer of the match, yeah. Of each innings? Yeah, of each innings, yeah. That was, that was, that was pretty good, though. What was the result in that 250s. game, 250s? No, we got smacked. <laughs> <laughs> we got smacked. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a memorable game. That was a Porto Gavaska series. We don't want to talk about that one. No. Okay. Uh, how about this? The number of sixes you've hit. In Ashes? Yep. Two. One. Oh. Do you know, Do you know where, who it is? Yeah. Graham Swan. Yep. SCG? MCG. MCG. 2010. Yeah. Swinging as the uh, ship was sinking. Yeah, Hads and yeah. I were batting. Yep. I got caught trying to hit him for another six by Kevin Peterson <laughs> on the boundary. That's right. That's why you thought you had two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, your Ashes record, 23 tests. How many Ashes tests have you won, lost and drawn? How many tests did you say then? You played 23. Okay. So how many wins? I'm going to go just quickly because I can't be bothered working it all out. I'll go nine. Correct. Losses? No, I don't don't know. Forget them anyway, don't you? Yeah. Eight losses, six draws. There you go. Okay. How many times has Australia in those 23 matches? How many times has Australia won the toss? Out of the the 23 games. I'm going to say not many. I'm going to go with eight. Oh, no, it's very math- mathematical here. 11.5. 11.5, yes. <laughs> Probability. But uh, 11 times, England 11. 12. So it is, it is very 50-50. Yep. I was thinking that we yep. hadn't so won on, So on that, go. I mean, if you play Manchester, then Australia's due to win the toss. Yeah, there we go. Through that rationale. Okay, a uh, couple more. How many players have you played with in Ashes Test Matches, Australian players? So how many different teammates have you had? <sighs> This is a tough one. This is why it's at the end. But uh, play with a lot of very good cricketers. I'm going to say it's a lot too. <laughs> Not sure what that implies, but... Uh, I'll go with... You know in one series you only play with 10, so I can't... I'm going to say 37. 39. Oh! Very Fun. good at this. Yeah. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Yes, thirty nine. Guessing I've got none right, but <laughs> <laughs> who were uh, who do you reckon you've played with the most in Ashes Tests? The most with? Yep. Twenty one of the twenty three test matches you played with this person. Mitchell Johnson. Ooh. 
15. Michael Clark. Michael Clark, there you go. 21. And do you know 21? That's how many times Alistair Cook and I played against each other in Ashes Test matches. There you go. Is that right? Did he bring there that up? We've, sp- we've spoken a lot about that, yeah. So there I you go. I was going to ask you. We're, we're That's how I knew how many games we'd won because I knew before this series, because we spoke about it in an, uh, another interview a while back, is we'd played 21 against each other. So that's all I'd played. And it was eight all. All right. So that's how I, I knew all nine. There you go. Did so he do that research, Sir Alistair? Or did you together work that out? No, we did it with someone else. But I think, yeah, not bad, that, eh? Very good. Have you got a... Because you, I mean, you guys are pretty close now. Have mm-hmm. we played with Essex for a number, for a number of seasons now. Uh, is there a, a story that you can share with us about Alistair that not many people would know? Is there like a, a, like a, a fun fact about... Well, it's not really a fun fact, but it, it sort of is because everyone would have witnessed him chase a ball on the cricket field and just looked at his running technique and it, how unco and uncoordinated <laughs> he looked chasing a ball. But the fun thing about it is that he's actually one of the fittest guys I've ever played with. Right. He, he's actually really fit and he does a lot of running and swimming. So because uh, he was very uncoordinated in the gym and the fitness side of things, he always wanted to win something in the team. So he never lost a beep test or a yo-yo when he was in the England team. Yeah, so it's not too quirky, but yep. that was his, because uh, he wasn't a, a, bi- a big, fit-looking man and very yep. coordinated, but he yeah, never never wanted to lose the, the beep test. I've never seen him bowl. Does he ever bowl in the net? He has bowled. He's got a test wicket. Ishan Sharma. Yeah. He's caught, down leg caught side, down leg. Yeah, he's caught down leg, leg side. Test lucky, wicket. Lucky to get one or unlucky not to get more, do you think? Very lucky to get one. <laughs> he cannot bowl, but um, and uh, I actually, I took a wicket last year when he retired. I took a wicket for Essex, wearing his um, his jumper. Had had uh, so he's had, got two wickets now. He has. Yeah, he's got Cook uh, Cook twenty six. Uh, I took a wicket for him last year. So he's got he's got video video evidence of another one. How's the banter between you guys around this time of year during an Ashes? I mean, we wouldn't have seen a whole lot of him, but in the lead up. Um, maybe even now do you swap text you is there what's the banter like no no not a lot he's not big on the banter he's, he's, he's quite quiet he's, mm. he's a very good man though I've enjoyed my time playing with him at Essex and he, he's, we're both still contracted there next year so get another season playing together which is um, yeah which has been fun I think you know when, when you've played against someone so much um, and so competitively at international level to actually yeah, then become teammates and good mates um it's actually uh, been very enjoyable. I think we laughed about it the other week that if he was actually still playing international cricket and that we could have played so much cricket together in the lead-up and then actually had to play each other in a test series, um, how that would have been um, if we had to do it. But um, it would have been interesting, but uh, it didn't happen. They could probably call him back. Someone said he's probably the, technically the best opening batsman currently on the English county circuit so if they were looking for a specialist opener they could do a lot worse than coax him back no you could easily get him back I think yeah he's made a lot of runs and um but for our sake yeah he, he, he can he can stay he can stay play for Essex and uh in the commentary box and in the commentary box that's right but you you and James Pattinson are close to Stuart Broad has that been weird playing against him but uh, you've done it so much it, haven't you it has been but I think yeah, I think the best thing about it probably this year as well is that I, I played him in two championship games for Essex. He was playing for Nottingham. So to actually play against each other and get it out of the way before you get to the Ashes, you, you, you get the competitive juices going and you bowl at each other and he bowls me some bounces, I bowl him some. So I think to, uh, to already experience that going into the series, it makes it a lot easier 
knowing that when he's down the other end that you're happy to run in and bowl a bouncer at him and, and know that you're going to get one back because he, he's bowled me plenty. So, um, But, yeah, I think it is a little bit weird. Um, but, yeah, you, you play off these guys so much now that um, you tend to become pretty good mates with them. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, in those 23 test matches you've played uh, in Ashes cricket, Shane Watson has scored the most runs in those games uh, with 14, 38. I think Steve Smith might catch him there uh, at one point. Uh, but who do you reckon's taken the most wickets? You know you've taken 78, but uh, with a bowler by your side, who do you reckon's taken the most wickets during your games for Australian Ashes cricket? I have to go Mitchell Johnson. Kind of a trick question. It's you. Is it? You've taken the most in the games you've played. Johnson, though, uh, 76 in 15 games. Yeah. So... When he go. takes 37 and 5. It's <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's why I went with him. I'm yeah. like, that's, that's to be him. Uh, and finally, wrapping up the quiz, Rambo wouldn't have known this because uh, we don't know the answer to this one, but in, those, in your Ashes career, who's been your favourite teammate? I'd have to go off James Pattinson. I think, you know, being my, he's like a little brother to me, so I think um, we've had a lot of fun over the years and I think to play club cricket with someone um, f- as a young kid, um, than to think that one day you'd actually run out um, and play together in an Ashes Test match, I think that's um, yeah, that's pretty special. So he has to take the cake as uh, my favourite teammate. James Patterson, it's predictable, isn't it? <laughs> Least favourite? <laughs> no, um, yeah, on that one, probably um, probably the two guys I'm doing this podcast with at the moment. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't played a game. Our Ashes records are very blanky, my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, guess what? That's it. The episode's over. Perfect. I'm you're, out. I'm going to get away from you guys. What I will say is a uh, big thank you, Pete, for coming on. Thank you, Peter. No worries, boys. Always enjoy it. And Rambo, just a regular size thank you to you. I haven't got the answer to that one on my phone, so I've got nothing. You've got nothing. Yeah, he's gone uh, quiet now. He hasn't got his answer, has <laughs> he? Yeah, no, he was on fire to begin with. Uh, big thank you to MasterCard as well. We're going to be back next week to wrap up the fourth test and preview the fifth at the Oval. Until then, for your Ashes live scores, breaking news and video highlights, head to cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.